Welcome back to the What Not to Review show number 221. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Hello. Melissa, how's your weekend going so far? It's going well. I'm enjoying this Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Did you get a chance to take part in the new holiday of National Cinema Day? I did not, but I heard about, ah. about it, that they had the like $3 movie tickets mm-hmm. all day on Saturday. That That's cool. I like that. That's a good idea. I, I was happy to see it happen. I really wanted to go out and see a movie, but I had a day full of like errands and I had to go to like my little cousin's birthday party and do laundry. And by the time I would have had been free for a movie, it's like, well, do you want to go start something at 930? I'm like, I would not. <laughs> thank you. I almost made it. I, I almost had enough time to go see a 3D version of Jaws. Ooh, that would have been fun. So I would have been seeing a 40 and it was only playing at like one theater in my area, which is in like an old mall. Mm. And I think it's just like the theater, one cheesecake factory and V stock that still exists there. (laughs) So I almost saw a 45 year old movie in a vintage format in a dead mall. This like turducken. Amazing. Amazing. The past. I I was, I would have cut the timing too close. It's like, I'm not going to rush this. This is one of the few theaters out there that doesn't have the reserved seating. I don't want to show up and have to sit in the front. So, yeah. Not for me, but I, tonight I think I'm going to go see like a 40th anniversary presentation of Wrath of Khan. Nice. Nice. That's on my list of shame, which we'll we'll get to my list of shame in just a sec here. I I spent all day yesterday playing a video game called Immortality. I briefly mentioned this to you last week where it is this like it's this full motion video game. It's real actors playing these characters. It's not a CGI thing here it it's kind of this like found footage aesthetic um which is really neat but it is about a character this movie star who kind of goes missing she makes three movies uh in the 70s and early and early 80s and 90s and then just kind of leaves the spotlight and no one really knows what happens to to her um and so by digging through all of this footage you kind of have to piece together what happened to her why she left the spotlight and all the stuff uh fantastic i liked it a lot got a little obtuse towards the end when it was just like okay i feel like this should be wrapping up and it's not what's going on here what do i look for i feel like i'm at the end and it wasn't ending so it overstayed its welcome just a tad bit Mm -hmm. um but i i had a lot of fun it was really neat it was really really cool um so that's what i did this weekend but melissa welcome to shame timber First yes, week in Shame Temper 2022. Yeah. Uh, here yeah, on the everyone what go out and get your pumpkin show. shame lattes to celebrate the season. There you <laughs> put go. Put out your shame decorations. There you go. Big, big side box. That's what I need. The, the like, b- <laughs> balloons like we had back there for shame. our 200th thing. It just says shame. <laughs> shame. 
Good God. Uh, if you, you guys can't, did you're not, not know, allowed to sit there. You have to sit facing the corner. You have to podcast uh, right, from there. Yeah. yeah. The big old dunce cap on. Uh, <laughs> if you guys did not know here every year on the whatnots review show in September, uh, we we take two weeks for what we call shame timber. Uh, in which, Melissa, you and I take turns pitching things that are on our list of shame. Could be a comic book, could be a movie, could be all sorts of things. Uh, but it, it has to be something that is, like, specific to you of, like, M- Melissa, how have you not seen this? This is such a you mm. movie. Yeah. Or, 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 or it can be such a pop culture juggernaut that it's like, yeah. how? How do you not know? How have you not seen Wrath of Khan, which is on my list of shame? Mm. Uh, I've not seen anything Star Trek except the first J.J. Abrams one, which I did not like. So I stopped. (laughs) You tell me this once a year that you didn't like this movie. Basically, because I know that a lot of people like them. and I'm just like, I like it. Didn't like them. (laughs) Um. But yes, we are here to talk about some of the things that are on our list of shame. This week, it happened to work out that the thing that was on my list also happened to be on your list. And so this week, we are here to talk about the Godfather trilogy. I had never seen them until now, until this week. Yeah. it's just something I've I've heard people say a number of lines. I've seen pictures. I've seen gifts. I've seen clips. I, I, but I haven't <laughs> You've seen, seen the poster. Right. I've seen the poster. I'm sure maybe one time I saw the book at Barnes and Noble. Who knows? Uh, had not seen the actual movie until now. Um, and it. it this is it had been on my list of shame, but th- mainly the reason why I pitched it this year uh, was because about a month ago, month and a half ago, I watched the offer on Paramount Plus, um, which is a dramatization of the making of the the Godfather. Miles Teller plays Al Raddy, who was the producer of the film mm. uh miles taylor is brilliant as always basically um i highly recommend it go check it out it it i loved it i thought it was fantastic uh but because i liked it so much i was like you know it's probably about time i watched <laughs> the godfather like it's a good laid up into like actually watching it um and so, yeah, I was just like, well, that that has to be one of the things that I that I pitched for shame timber here. Uh, but Melissa, it happened to be on your list of shame. Yes. Too. What's what's your cultural experience with, uh, <laughs> with same the as God yours? Father? Same as yours, but with more episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's a little different for me. Like it is mov- a movie or a series of movies I've been meaning to get to. I've thought about pitching it on the show before, maybe for mm. our first episode of the year. We always spend our holiday break with a, a movie franchise and we come back and we talk about however many of those there are. Yeah. Um, it's been on there for a while, but I feel like not to play into old fashioned stereotypes, but 
it's on your list of shame as a man in a way that it's not exactly on my list of shame as a woman. Like, I feel like I might get a pass on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting you bring that up, too, because that's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about with this mm. film, too. Um, but we'll get into that once we get into spoilers and stuff like that. Uh, but generally speaking, though, what, what did you think now that you've seen the entire tr- trilogy? What were your thoughts? I I was expecting that I surely would appreciate this movie. Like it must be the series must be a classic for a reason. But I also thought there's these are older movies. Maybe there's a pace that doesn't work on me as a younger audience member. They're very long. It's like a subject matter, like a genre I'm not super into. I thought, surely I will get bored. I will glaze over. I will lose interest. And I honestly never did. I don't think I could tell you really what happens. I could not explain The Godfather to you, but I did thoroughly enjoy The Godfather. I was surprised by how much I really did like these movies. Yeah. I I feel like I've been wrestling with it. Uh, in on one hand, yes, I absolutely recognize why this is a classic, why it's so lauded and revered, why people write all sorts of dissertations on it and all who, mm. who knows what, right? Like that stuff is in there. I recognize that. I enjoyed it. But I'm also, I, I feel like I'm also in a similar boat. There are details about this that I don't think really stuck with me. I did at times find myself kind of losing interest, but then it always roped me back in with something. Um, and part of me is I'm I've also like I recently watched Goodfellas for the first mm. time uh, about two years ago. I think now at this point I watched um, I, I watched all of uh, the Sopranos. Oh, yeah. I, I'm starting to kind of realize that maybe I'm just not as into like mafia movies as I want to be <laughs> like I, and that's just like, again, I, I recognize they're good. I enjoy yeah. them, but just not a priority for me. I don't think they'd be making my top list of like, oh, mm. these are my favorites. Right. Like, yeah, all that stuff. So I'm I like. It, it was an experience I enjoyed and appreciated, and I'm glad I did it. Don't know if I'm really going to return to it, if that makes sense. I can get that. I I loved these movies in terms of v- visuals, like the way yes. it's shot, the cinematography, the Absolutely. music, just the mood of the thing. And I listened to some film podcasts talk about the first two Godfather movies this week. Like I finally got the context. Let me listen to all these podcast episodes I've never heard. And I think it was on unspooled that Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson are talking about how this movie feels like being in front of a fireplace on a snowy day. Like that is the mood of the film. I can, if it, if the movies weren't filled with crying children and gunshots, this would be like the movies I put on when I have a sick day and I want to take a nap. Like, they're that cozy in a weird way. And to talk about the third one separate from parts one and two, I'd always heard the the cliche, the, like, widely agreed upon cultural consensus of first two movies, masterpieces, third one, trash. And I was always like, how did that happen? How does that work? How It's not just like, oh, third one's kind of a letdown. Like, people seem to hate the third one. I'm like, how did that happen? What's going on? 
And I looked into it, and I didn't know that the first two came out in 72 and 74, mm-hmm. and part three came out in 1990. And like, yes. Coppola didn't want to make it. I think he had like... Oh, like he he had like some less than successful projects. He needed some money. He needed to win. He's like, well, let's let's finally try and do part three. And he wanted to call it just the Godfather Coda, just the death of Michael Corleone. Like this isn't it's an appendix. It's an epilogue. It's not part three. But the studio made him call it part three. And now when you do look it up on streaming services or anywhere, like it is relabeled as the Godfather Coda, the death of Michael Corleone, which I think is a more appropriate way to think about it. To clarify, the the coda, the one that is labeled as such, is basically more like the director's cut. Uh, oh, okay. It is, is, is not the original theatrical release. Okay. Um, so there, there are some changes to that that fix some of the things that pe- people don't like as much. Um, but it, yeah, it's still, I, I, I mean, I think of, of the three movies, that one was maybe the least yeah. interesting, but still had some great scenes in there. Like it still had yeah. some just like, this is fascinating stuff, but it just not the same interest level, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. The, the third one is where my interest did drop off a little bit. Like I was on my phone during parts of it. It did, did not connect with me. I, I, didn't find, I found it confusing and distressing. But yeah. Godfather Part 3 is one of the most beautiful films I have ever seen. The, the lush, rich colors, the set pieces. I loved looking at it. I know like Sofia Coppola's performance has been ragged on. But her, she's so beautiful. Like her makeup and her hair and her dresses. I just love to look at everything in this movie. Yeah. This is my perfect, like, put it on mute at a party movie. I want to go into a restaurant and see this movie, but not hear it playing. Sure. <laughs> um, like a lot of the women in this movie, unfortunately, seen, but not heard. <laughs> um, uh, so here's what, what you mentioned a good point that I I. I think is what fascinates me about these films is kind of the history around them, how Mm. they were made, why they were made. That's why I think the offer was so fascinating to me. Mm. And I'm also kind of realizing that that genre, this like historical dramatization of like a Hollywood, like making of kind of thing is fascinating to me. Um, the 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 history of how the godfather was made all the stuff that went into that why they cast certain people all the troubles they had to get those certain people cast or to that not have them fired or stuff yeah. like that is fascinating and that is the 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 the, the thing that was so interesting to me about the first maovi is like having a bit of that historical context not sure exactly what was embellished and what was more true in the offer um there was a lot of parallels in the offer of uh what they were doing in that show and what was happening in the first godfather movie so i feel like there was some embellishments with that um but but still it's just like that is the thing that is interesting to me is just, yeah, how much of a mega hit this became and 
no one thought it was going to be that. And then once they had that, it's just like, well, uh, shit. Now what do we do? Uh, make a second one. Go. We have more <laughs> of the book to to to, to yeah. do. Yeah. And then yeah, just the the third one doesn't come out till 1990, right? It's it's a whole like like 12, no, uh like 15 16, 16 years, yeah, after that. And it's just like man, the 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 expectations were so high. And it was just muddled in this like studio culture and yeah. creative back and forth of what it should be. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch and experience and talk about. But the movies themselves, maybe for me personally, not something I would really go back to very often. So, yeah, I. I can see myself watching these again in the future, but I don't know if I'll pay attention to them. I, I may just soak them <laughs> in like they're a candle. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, cool. Um, let's see. We will take a quick break for housekeeping. Uh, and when we come back, we will dive into spoilers. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash The Whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you all Thank so you. much for supporting us. It means a lot. We appreciate it. Um, cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, this past week, uh, here on the review show, we covered season five of Fringe, which concluded our monthly coverage mm -hmm. of that show. We've been sticking with that one month to month. Uh, great sci-fi sh show if you're into like the X Files. Uh, if you're into that like the mystery case of the month style show. But the interesting thing about about it is that the show kind of abandons that by the end mm. and is like full on into the history and lore of that sh show it has great characters uh and stuff like that so please go check it out uh in the f in the future for our end of the month specials yeah. we're gonna be reading a comic called kaiju max uh which is a comic uh, it, it's a prison story but the the prisoners are all kaiju. They're all giant monsters. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. That's what we will be covering at the end of each month uh, with a caveat on October that that'll be at the start of November. Yeah. But the end of each month, uh, 
through the rest of the year here. So we got some exciting stuff coming here on the review show. Uh, the captain's log uh, this past week was just kind of a more hangout, chill. What have we been watching? Yeah. T- talking about all the that stuff. We got to finally talk about severance yeah. uh, on the captain's log. Uh, you got to tell me about some interesting podcasts that you've been or like podcasts and YouTube series that you've yes. been checking out um, with some some like y2k bank robbery heist yeah. thing that i thought yeah. was fascinating so good stuff with that good stuff uh sadly though for housekeeping uh we do want to mention that our video game podcast crossplay is ending it has come to an end our final regular uh podcast was uh number 131 which came out this weekend um and uh so that should be up by time this goes public uh but don't unsubscribe yet there is more coming we are hoping to do a kind of last hurrah big party celebration uh we're hoping to get some guests on the show we're planning it all out so stay tuned uh there will be like a final uh thing from us maybe final things we're not sure exactly um but uh stay tuned with that but yeah it's sad because i i had a Mm -hmm. lot of fun with that podcast i'm a big video game nerd so i like to talk about the latest video game news and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff so uh but yeah that is a sad thing uh that being said i will keep you up to date on what on what Alan and Ignacio are up to, because they are also planning a new podcast uh, Mm -hmm. that you guys can follow along. It won't be here on the whatnots, but I will let you guys know what that is when they start it. uh, And so you guys can go follow and subscribe and all of that good stuff. But yeah, that is about it for housekeeping. Uh, So, Melissa, I say we get into spoilers. Here we go. Darth Vader shows up in the third one. Things go off the rails. The studio demanded it. They said, Coppola, you better put him in or you're fired. And you're friends with George. We know you can do it. We're going to put Vito in Return of the Jedi. Don't worry. We'll balance it out. You two will be even Stevens. (laughs) Um, Man. Okay. so. Where do we start with this? Okay. I want to start with how there's so many images from the series that you get to know through pop culture osmosis over the years. Sure. And I was surprised to find that all of them are in like the first hour of the first movie. Pretty much. Yeah. That, that There's a few like famous lines and stuff. Like I think. It was I, I guess it was last week on the captain's log. You asked me like where I was exactly. And I was like, I'm halfway in the second one. I'm a little bit past the famous line for Fredo. Like I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Like the, like okay. that's where I, I was just a little, little bit past that. Like that's a line that I've, I've I, heard. But I think I have heard that, but I didn't know this is what it was from. Yeah. But like that, like that's the thing. 
most of every like now having watched all three of them most of all the cultural osmosis that i had gotten from these films yeah from the first godfather basically from the the first like the half of that film Mm. there um which is kind of wild to think about (laughs) but Uh, uh yeah the horse head scene in particular, everybody knows the horse head scene. I, mm-hmm. I think I've known about it since I was like nine years old. <laughs> and to see it in context, it's still very effective as this horrifying scene. But it's part of this minuscule, it's like plot line G in the entire story <laughs> that just exists as like an example of powers that this family has. It doesn't really come into play in the rest of the series. And I thought that was interesting that it's just this little side story is where this yeah. infamous image comes from. I mean, it's and I thought it was, it is, <laughs> it's truly very scary. And I thought it was so funny that as soon as, you know, the horse's name immediately, he's got like his name stitched on his little vest that he wears like, Oh, Khartoum, this is my prized horse Khartoum. Meanwhile, I don't think you get Connie's name until two hours into the movie. The yeah. whole like first half hour of this movie is about this girl's wedding and nobody names her. It's just like my daughter, my sister, the wedding. And it's only when she becomes this like victim of abuse that her brother needs to step in and save. Do they actually give her a name? And I'm yeah. like, Why does the horse get that priority over Connie? Yeah, indeed. Um, so this is one of the interesting things that I noticed about the film. Uh, and I think a lot of people have too, is that women in this movie kind of get the short end of the, of the stick, right? Mm. They're, they're, they're there. A few, a few of them are named, but they're kind of pushed off to the side. They, I, uh, I'm not sure that I did. So I'm not sure if all of these movies even really pass the Bechdel test. Uh, No, uh, who knows? But uh, it like it's the it's been talked about that this film is kind of uh, anti-feminist or that maybe Coppola's views on women aren't the best. I actually read something last night, though, that was that was trying to argue the opposite in Mm. showing that it it, like it's not that like Coppola hated women or something Mm. like that. It it just is. It is this. It is like these movies at the end of the day are a tragedy. Like it, 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 it is the. The 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 original Godfather dies off, and then Michael, who um, like didn't really want to be involved, he was kind of the good boy of the family, is transformed into this monster, right? And then mm-hmm. has to take over the family, and then uh, yes, so, so on and so, so forth. And it is this tragic film and the this this piece that i was writing i completely forget who it was who it was written by was basically saying it's in part because the women aren't a part of their lives yeah. that this is happening that they aren't yeah. given decision making power or they aren't it like it 
privy to the secrets or the behind the scenes like they aren't there to support they're left out of this mm. and that's why these bad things happen um whereas like if like i mean you you also have to think about what time period this is yeah. trying to depict to where a lot of women were just kind of left out of that or or deemed like not as smart or not as capable to make those decisions which is absolutely not true but that's that's just what happens and it kind of sucks and so uh, it's it's an interesting like thought experiment not experiment but thought about the the this film to think of like how would this have gone different Mm -hmm. if the women had been more involved in the family or just just there at the table we get them yeah and it's i i get it like i wasn't upset I, I understood why the women were not a large part of this movie. Like, you know, from the time period, from the culture, it's something I'd seen in other movies. I also watched Goodfellas earlier this year, and it is at mm-hmm. least a larger plot point in that movie that his wife is struggling at the fringes of this thing. Yeah. But, uh, and I agree that it's not that the women are beneath the story. It's that the women are like above the story. <laughs> it's like, I would like to see you be more of a character, but also, yeah, I don't want to see you get your hands dirty. I know you don't want to get your hands dirty. And that's what these movies are. It's just dirty hands for nine hours. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was hoping I would have liked if there were just these smaller moments of courtesy. Like, can we clearly get Connie's name when we were introduced to her? I don't I don't know if we get the mom's name, Mrs. Corleone. I don't know if we get her name until the second movie. Can I just have like this person is named. Here's one fact about them. They have like one or two lines. Can I just get like 10% more detail on these characters? And I think that would go a long way to rounding out the cast without changing the, the plot and the themes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because it's adapting a novel Mm. and, Mario Puzo, who wrote the novel, also helped to write the scripts for the mm. movie with Coppola. Um, and it, it like uh, that that's what this movie feels like. It really does feel like it's an adaption of a book. And mm. is is that in cinematic form? Whereas I feel like a lot of other adaptions would have turned this into more of like a movie's like a movie's movie if that makes sense there there is yeah. things that don't necessarily translate from a book to a movie but mm. i feel like this is one of those things like why why did the ball get dropped on this stuff like why don't you know these women like the 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 (laughs) names of certain characters i feel like that would have been in the book like you would have known yeah what the name is the the, like all like and i'm sure like i don't know they just don't think this information is like super high priority to introduce at any point like it's all the social machinations going on beyond the wedding it's all the things that Vito is up to in the back room at the wedding it's not what the bride's name and personality is yeah but that being said 
I was also surprised at how much heart there is in this movie. Like, even if she isn't immediately named, you can see that Vito's like, this is my daughter's wedding. I understand that it's some sort of cultural thing, whereas the mob boss on the day of this wedding, everybody comes to me and asks me for a favor, but he's like, I do want to spend this day with my daughter. Like, you can't keep me back here all day. I want to go out and dance with her. I want to go out and take family photos. Yeah. There's a lot of, as violent, as harsh, as tragic as so much of these movies are, there's also a lot of really sincere love in there. I think Mm -hmm. I listened to a podcast that described it not as uh, a, a crime movie with a family. It's a family movie with crime in it. Exactly. And that is one of the things the offer like tried to mm. really nail in is like they're they're not making a mafia maybe. They're not making a a mobster maybe about criminals. They're they're making a movie about a family and, mm-hmm. and that stuff, which is then unfortunate, like we keep going back to that half of that family is kind of left out of the picture and it focuses on the men but that like we said that is just you you get to see the brothers you get to see the relationships that they mm-hmm. have there you get to see the. i mean they all still like they love their mom yeah. but they're not necessarily doting on her uh mm. they 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 love their their sisters they 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 have some issues with their wives let's call it that mm-hmm. that way but there is like you, you, you can sense there are these understandings between them. Like despite problems, despite like uh, like why haven't you left him? Like uh, just like yeah, there there are there are there is stuff of like hey at the end of the day, I'm I'm here for family. Like I I mm-hmm. I I'm not gonna gonna leave you per se. Like I might leave you but i i'm also gonna do and then there's also the like oh well i'm gonna go run away to to hide in sicily and marry over there that was wild sports (laughs) of stuff but yeah you really feel like their family and Mm -hmm. those bonds are important to them um yeah and i think that's that's an, an interesting uh thing about the um i think the offer also disc- described the characters or just the movie in general as like, this is going to be a movie about characters you hate to love. <laughs> just like, <laughs> sure, you, you, yeah. like you will love them, but you, you, you kind of hate that you do because yeah, you know that they are criminals and they are, they are, they just killed this whole horse and st- stuck it inside this guy. They're doing terrible things. Mm-hmm. But you're 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 fascinated, like you want to follow them, and I think the Mayobis absolutely excel at that. Yeah, and I think there's enough that you, there that you can relate to that you spend the movies not saying, "Oh, screw these guys; they deserve everything they get." But you're rooting for them to like figure a way out to like find a more peaceful way of doing things, to find a way to keep the family together. Mm-hmm. You you see that there's enough good there that you do want that for them. And as many times as there are these moments of coldness, like at the end of the second movie where Michael's mother has died and it's the funeral and like Kay has been like separated from him and she comes back briefly. uh, He's sitting there with the kids 
And they're like all dressed up in their funeral clothes. And it's this moment of mourning. But he is like separate from the kids. They're both just sitting there on some armchair together while he does like intense business. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. like like he seems so distant from his kids. They're just like these pieces of property. Like there's one more uh, variable he has to calculate for. But then there's also these for every one of those, you get something that's really sweet. Like I one of the highlight moments of part three for me is that big celebration they're having at the beginning of the movie where Michael's been awarded some, like, medal. I do like how everyone in these movies has time for, like, here's a big family celebration. Here's some sort of party. We get as many parties as we get business meetings. But in part three, he, like, goes out on the dance floor to have this dance with his daughter, Mary, and there's some little girl... Some cousin, some niece, like we don't know who she is. All these movies, whenever one you go to one of these parties, there's just piles of kids running around, and oh, I yeah. did really like that. <laughs> there's just there's like half a dozen anonymous children at any one of these, just scampering around. There's this little girl who you can tell like looks up to Mary. She's like kind of clinging to her leg, and when Mary's dancing with Michael, this little girl's like kind of trying to like hold on to Mary's leg, like I want to dance too. And then like Michael and Mary separate, and they each take the girl's hand, and the three of them like dance together in a ring around the floor. It's That's a sweet so moment. precious. <laughs> like, yeah. Even so far into his fall, Michael is still capable of moments like that. I, I really appreciate the time it gives to these little moments, uh, even when there are also times when it shuts the door on them. Yeah, I think the third movie especially drives it home. If you haven't picked up on it yet, the movie is about family. Yeah. And the third movie, I think, really spells it out when uh, Michael is talking to his daughter and he's like, I'm doing this for you. Uh, the, 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 this whole uh, business with the Vatican and the foundation and all the yeah. stuff. Uh, she, he, he's, he's like, I'm doing this for you. And she replies, but like, you're doing this to help other people. Right. And he's like, well, yeah, but I, I, like, <laughs> I'm doing this for you is, mm. is the thing. And so it like at the end of the day, I think that is a good, a good, picture of what this is about like he is trying to set up his family uh, so that they they don't have to worry about their lives their kids like their kids is kids is lives um and i i think in his own way michael trying to take the family in a more legitimate direction is also that same thing he's he's like i mean he he knows that yes we have done some terrible things we still will do some terrible things but ultimately like we're trying to take this in a legitimate direction so that Mm -hmm. we don't have to deal with that or so that my son or my daughter doesn't have to deal with that aspect of the thing if we can somehow shield them and protect them from that i think that's a success and i think that's what he's trying to do and that was something that i noticed about that third film is he he, he kept having to like physically state it of like i'm doing this for you mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah i would like and- to talk about oh, you have oh no i just wanted to that? mention that like in that movie, he set up this foundation in the name of his father like the vito corleone foundation and part of it is 
like this PR move trying to make the family seem more legitimate. But also when he's talking about the charities they're going to do, like they're going to like rebuild parts of Sicily and help out children and help out artists. Like I feel like you do know the family well enough to see while parts of this are a ploy, you're like, I think Vito Corleone would want to do those things. He was a man who, Absolutely. despite being this violent godfather figure, he did have enough care within him that you could absolutely believe that, yes, he, he wants to build a children's hospital or something. He's got that part of him, too. This isn't a movie absolutely. where anybody's really black and white. As dark as some characters are, you can also believe that they do have really good intentions in other parts of their lives yeah i, I think there's a layer of family outside of the nuclear mm-hmm. right I, I, like, there is yeah. this like hey we're all italians we're italian yeah. americans and that's uh, from what i'm kind of gathering from the like small amount of mafia media that i've consumed is that's kind of how it started is they mm-hmm. were just looking out for one and one and the other yeah. of of just like hey th- the police aren't necessarily going to look out for you the police are gonna look out for themselves or for the people who were born here or speak the language right they're not really gonna look out for you so we'll start our own protection like we'll we'll do that and that's how th- that racket kind of came to be and then now the mafia kind of came to be from what i understand i i don't know mm. if that's uh, actually actually true true or not but that's mm-hmm. just kind of what it seems like um i would like to talk about the second movie in yeah. particular uh so i for some odd reason i i kind of liked this one a little better um i i think a lot of people feel that way i think that's what i've heard is like slightly more often people are like i like godfather part two it's kind of back and forth Mm. from what i gathered um that i mean that that first one i think is maybe a better put together Mm. movie in general uh but they do some really interesting stuff in the second one and it goes places I didn't ex- ex- expect. Uh, I didn't expect them to go down to Cuba. Mm-hmm. I really liked the, that, that, that stuff where he gets to mm-hmm. kind of see the world in a way like he gets to see a l- larger sense of the world and he gets to see this uh, this rebel uh blow himself up like right in front of him mm-hmm. and michael almost like in in the moment michael almost has no reaction but re- reflecting on it he's he's kind of sympathetic he's like mm-hmm. i like these guys like they they're loyal like that's the kind of loyalty that we need in our family and and, and stuff like that like i like that stuff I like that it was both a prequel and a sequel at the same yeah. time. That is fascinating. Um, on one of our uh, other podcasts, uh, The Captain's Log, I was recently mentioning to you the show P- Pachinko uh, yeah. on, on Apple TV Plus. And it does a similar thing where like it's telling one story in the past and one in a more modern day setting and 
there's parallels between them and 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 stuff like that and that's kind of what this one is doing uh i didn't recognize robert de niro at i've what been, I, I, I i had no idea that was him again never seen these movies never really paid attention didn't know that was him <laughs> Found out afterwards that was him. And I was like, oh, God, that's who it was. He was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I won an Oscar for for it. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I was surprised you didn't recognize him. Although when I was a little kid and there's all these like names and faces (laughs) you pick up from adult culture, but just aren't like, why would I have seen a Robert De Niro movie? Why would I have seen an Al Pacino movie? I am eight years old. They don't make movies for kids. So for the longest time, I would, like, my brain smushed those two together. I thought they were the same guy. I couldn't tell them apart. Right. I don't think or it was until I was in college. They always were in the same movies together. Right. <laughs> or like very parallel things. I don't think it was until I was in college and I watched all of Angels in America. And I'm like, okay, this is Al Pacino. And then yeah. I watched that movie Stardust. And I'm like, okay, that's Robert De Niro I know him and now that I'm uh, now that I've grown up and there's a, so many movies I can watch I can watch an R-rated movie whenever I want I'm <laughs> my mom's not there to stop me for sure there's there's all these actors that like I just knew the names of growing up that now I can actually watch their careers and really get a hold on them and really get to know them uh, which is one of the best things about getting older is that you get to really understand a name you've heard a bunch of times. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, we, we did watch Angels in America earlier this year. We watched that for Pride Month, and we've gotten to spend a lot of quality time with Al Pacino this summer. <laughs> what's What's interesting is I, I should have recognized Robert De Niro and known it was him. The, the, I think the earliest movie I saw him in was Taxi Driver, uh, which I I absolutely loved. It's it's a hard movie to stomach, Mm. uh, but it was only made, I think, like two years after Godfather Part Two. So like it's not not, not even that he's like that much older, but I just like I should have recognized him in that. Uh, Mm. But yeah fantastic performance by him in that i loved the like committee hearings like that was yeah that was interesting one of my favorite parts yeah. i loved the, that stuff um i i don't know why that particularly spoke out to me rather than them like giving out favors and doing all of this and that and stuff like i, I don't know why but that just like i like when that was on screen i perked up and was just like oh mm. what is this i like this yeah. what's happening here the, this is cool and the fact that it's gotten that far i it does add a lot of stakes to what's going on and it is kind of interesting to see this uh this culture that's like so insular and like everybody knows the codes and everybody knows what each other's talking about being sort of brought out into the light and needed to be explained in these like clear factual layman's terms right yeah um, I, I think what's interesting to me is it's also because it, from the moment Michael takes over when uh, and I, I forget her name, not to add fuel to the fire of uh, forget getting these women's Kay, his wife. What's, yes. Kay, Kay, Kay. Uh, when she 
is is with him in the office by the desk and then is about to like go get him some tea or something like that and like was is walking out and immediately more of the men enter the room and you see the door yeah. shut but she gets that one last look at 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 him as they are paying their respects to 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 him it's such a haunting like mm-hmm. well shit like we just lost michael now like now yeah now he's uh that but then from that moment on to yeah when you see the committee he- hearings to when you see his brother Fredo having that like temper tantrum of like it should have been me like i should have been the one is is uh, is fascinating it's 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 the family expanding in power and that bubble popping finally just like okay you've gotten big enough where the u.s government is investigating and trying to figure out like okay we know you do this stuff Mm. we just can't pin it on you and yeah we do something happens that we 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 can't get them to testify for whatever reason um but uh, yeah it's not even that like outside force that is taking notice it is the family itself that is crumbling uh from from the 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 inside and i think that that is part of what makes these films so tragic is that at the end of Two, yeah, Michael has to kill his brother, uh, and it just it 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 man, it sucks. And yeah, oh. Fredo knows it too. Like when when oh. the kid when the kid is is called back to be like, oh no, you have to go to Reno with your uncle. Like Fredo, you can just see his face, just like this is it. This is like this is the moment I am not coming home. Right. Uh, and that like that just sucks. And it like it's it, it's done in a way that is so sad, is so tr- tr- tragic, but it's so calm and yeah. so peaceful that it, it's it's an interesting juxtaposition from the one scene you get where. And uh, I'm not I, I don't remember who it was that was gunned down at the the ticket booth there but just how gratuitous mm. it was yeah. that they were just shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting for like two minutes straight it's like all right guys he's dead <laughs> like come on guys he's still dead mm-hmm. why are you still mm-hmm. shooting you you get it he's, he's, he's still <laughs> dead <laughs> right um but yeah like that stuff the way it can go back and forth between that the way it can go from these family parties to these uh, like very intimate moments where Michael is kind of embarrassed to say, I love you in, fr- yeah. in front of his brothers to him sitting there in the Vatican with these gorgeous walls and, and, and just, and to see how much power he had just, yeah. Ha- Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that is, I think one of the, most interesting things about this the the this series of movies is how it can go back and forth between all of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah Why? i i think the fredo storyline is very effective because at least for me in the first movie 
when you're trying to figure out who this family is and who all is in it, I think I like wasn't sure if Fredo was one of the brothers or just like one of the hangers on for a while. Like you're yeah. learning all these faces. I don't know any of these actors. I I know I know are they family by is, blood. But I'm learning the rest of them. I eventually realized exactly yeah i eventually recognized that Sonny was the dad from elf <laughs> that was a big help i'm like okay now i can tell that guy apart that's james Kahn. i remember him from <laughs> elf <laughs> but you're like okay michael's the main one there's uh james Kahn. there's uh connie the girl one there's tom hagen i do like the addition of tom hagen that they have this adopted yeah. brother who was this right street orphan that they took in who's like not a- italian by blood so he's sort of like within the culture and without the culture and so you're focusing on all these other characters uh and then there's fredo who just sort of like skims by under the radar throughout like the whole first movie and when he has this big upset in the second movie you really feel for him because you're like oh i also don't think about fredo i'm part of the problem <laughs> right <laughs> that, that like that scene i loved that, that, that scene when he, and he he just gets so upset but yeah immediately after that scene i was like as much as i love that scene I now want to know more. Like, I wished I knew more about him. Like, I, like, I wish I had known that this is what he was feeling earlier yeah. on. Because I, I feel like it almost would have been more effective. But it, it on the other hand, it's kind of br- brilliant that you, you, you don't. Yeah. And then he just blows up, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, dude, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. Like, he is the first in line. Right. Or the next mm-hmm. in yeah. line. I'm not sure if he had an older brother or no, not. Sonny's there, the so- oldest. It's Sonny. And then it's Fredo. And then it's Michael. And then it's Connie. And and then I think they adopt Tom when Tom's like 10 or 12 or something. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Just to see see him being like, it should have been me. Like it it was supposed like I was mm-hmm. the next next one to do all of it. It just. I felt felt that I was just like, man, so good so good um and i yeah he he's a very distinct looking actor too he's also yeah. in, in dog day afternoon with pacino yes. uh and they're both phenomenal pacino in particular is outstanding <laughs> in that one um yeah. but that was an interesting thing about watching the offer is that mm. At the time of casting him in The Godfather, Pacino was a nobody. Like, no one really knew who he was. And it was because of The Godfather and stuff like Dog Day Afternoon that he, like, he he just became a star. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it was interesting because, like, they they didn't really, like, he, (laughs) so... In the offer, there was a particular scene that I was waiting for in the first Godfather because in the offer, they made it like it was so effective for me in that that I I was expecting a certain thing. And it it kind of didn't live up to my expectations in the actual movie, which is interesting to me. And this is the moment where Michael kills the two guys in the cafe yeah which is again a famous scene for exactly what i was expecting it to be however in like 
they in the offer there's uh they they talk about people like trying to kill the project there's a bunch of italian americans that are like i think it's like the italian american leagues or something I'm, I'm not sure what but they they didn't like the the the, the book or the, they thought this mm, movie mm. was was going to portray italians in a negative light and all of the stuff and they kept having to convince them like no 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 like it we're not like this is not a it's it's about family like it's gonna be good you will you'll love it um all uh, all this stuff and even after they hired pacino and he was working on this they kept trying to get him fired uh and uh to to the point where i think they did at one point uh and then they they like went behind people's back to like let's just film this scene let's bring the guy in here before he sees the act like let's have him sit down and watch him perform this scene um and it is that scene in the in the in the cafe where he shoots them and from seeing the actor in the like the the look-alike Pacino mm. in the offer be be be, be like just this very small, timid, quiet guy, but but confident in his acting ability. Oh. Just like, so what what kind of character do I need to play? Like all this stuff. Like, thank you. I'm glad you guys liked me in in this play that I was like. He was so nice, but just oh. so so timid, so quiet. Um, and then he shoots these people in that scene and he turns around and you can just see him venting he's just like he's mad he's pissed off in in, in that scene and i was just like that is not the same guy like holy shit that is someone else and that is the effect that that scene is supposed to have and it worked in the actual movie right like that is one of the moments that you recognize Okay, Michael is absolutely not the same person that more. But it, in my opinion, it felt tamer in a weird way. So that yeah. was maybe one of the negative consequences of watching the offer first. But also, um, I feel like there's a very small amount of people who are watching the offer oh, before sure, sure, they sure. watch yes. the no, Godfather. Yeah. I don't know I'm if there's a lot of young folks. I don't know if there's higher. like 17 yeah. year olds out there who are like, I've never seen The Godfather, but I love Miles Teller. So I'm going to watch the offer. If that's you, please write in. What's your experience? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, yeah, I like I, I, I thought that was a fantastic scene as well. Um I don't know. Do, do you want to talk about the, the third film, the ending, that that, that <laughs> silent scream or, or, or something? There is the third film. I the, What it chooses to do is so perplexing to me. Like I, I couldn't <laughs> like um, I, t- I couldn't get the same emotional grasp on it because I was sort of befuddled by what's happening. The plot with like Mary falling in love with her cousin. It's like upsetting but it's like more confusing than it is upsetting like you, you sh- i was just sitting there like i don't get this why is this happening that's yeah. so much of that movie is about like 
picking a new pope and opera. Like it's, I feel like none of the plot lines in that movie, even though it is set like 16 years ahead of the last movie you saw, like you can't see them coming. They don't feel real. They don't feel related to what you saw before, but there are moments in it. I do like, I talked about how, um, he sets this foundation up in your father's name and you do believe in at least part of the goodness of what that's trying to do. He's got that sweet dance with Mary. I, I like when his son, my, um, t- Anthony comes to him and he's like, I don't want to do this. And like, he, Kay is brought back into the family to like vouch for her children. Like Michael, he really does not want to do this. And there's a fight, but then Michael's like, okay, I have to let you go. And they yeah. still stay family like after he has that uh, stroke his his fam- his kids are right there like giving him hugs and kisses saying i love you i was i did really like that despite these movies being these uh pillars of of old fashioned masculinity you also have like these men in these movies that are like say i that you say i love you to their fathers and their brothers that you will like hug them and kiss them on the cheek and things like that like i like that these movies that i like these movies don't shy away from physical affection and how like anybody that can be your love language no matter if you are also a criminal who shoots many people i like that the opera does get to be this pivotal scene in that movie it's a an odd addition mm-hmm. But it's shot beautifully. So much of the opera is in it. This is the most opera I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's interesting because I think this is how a lot of people view the movies in general, mm. or 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 the book too. It is an operatic uh, yeah, story, yeah. right? It it is this grand scale that has happened over multiple generations, right? And that it feels operatic, and so to have this coda this epilogue yeah right at the end be like okay they go to an in opera it it feels right in that sense but yes you are correct and also that like okay we know that they escaped the like they they made it through those committee hearings but then yeah 16 years down the road making business deals with the vatican and all that stuff and just like whoa Holy moly. Yeah. Where, well, how'd we like, get here? Yeah. We, 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 we skipped a bit here. <laughs> right. Um, Take me back so to yeah, Vegas. I didn't see enough Vegas. It's strange. I want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, like I, I think to, to get back to what I j- just said, the operatic nature of the mm-hmm. story, the ending scene, it, again, yes, just tra- yes. tragic. I, I, I think the amazing. actual... Yeah. Even if the final movie is a bit of is a letdown, I think the actual final scene is very powerful. I do like the silent scream, and I love the final shot of the movie is just a flash forward to old, old Michael just sitting there alone in like a courtyard of his house. And yeah. there's that text on the screen that says, Italians will, will toast each other with the phrase Sentani, a hundred years. Your family will live on and prosper for a hundred years. And it's like, that's what it translates to a hundred years of life. And it's this Michael who hasn't died. It's the movie's not about yeah. the literal death of Michael Corleone. It's the, about the death of his heart. It's about the death of his emotions. It's about the death of things he loves. Like his daughter has been killed. He's lost all these other family members. Some of them by his own order. Right. And he just yeah. has to continue to live with all of that hanging over him. That's God, so yeah. powerful. Yeah. 
yeah, it's um fascinating stuff. Mm. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like that is the the thing. It is so operatic. It is so heavy by the the end of this stuff. And like I I recognize that like okay, these movies are about Michael uh, like tr- transitioning into power, becoming this monster. Like that that is it's fascinating to watch, but it is heavy, and that is partly why it's just like yeah, I I recognize that these are classics that people love these movies they are written about all the time and dissected and i just i don't know if i really want to go back to them all that often that's okay it it, it, this is a, a a weird comparison please don't take this in the wrong way it's like a lasagna it's so heavy it's so thick i love it but i I can't eat it every meal i get the metaphor yes right it's it's so good i love it It, it's but it's thick it's heavy just like i need a salad give me a salad every now and then right get me some pizza get get me a something else um Mm. (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah that's that's my 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 final thoughts on the guy it's, <laughs> it's like, like a lasagna, a lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> i want to ask you earlier this year i watched goodfellas i'd never yes. seen it before but i again i knew so much of it through cultural osmosis i knew to watch another movie or show and spot what was a goodfellas homage even though i never had seen goodfellas mm-hmm. so i watched it and I was expecting to really like it based on everything everybody's told me. And I just mildly liked it. Like, it's a movie that's a 10 out of 10 for so many people. And it was like a seven and a half for me. And I'm like, where'd that other two and a half go? Why don't I like this more? I feel like I should like this more. And then I watched Speaking these. My language, yeah. I feel like I did like The Godfathers more than I liked Goodfellas. What, what are that's your fine. thoughts? So, yeah, I mean, like I said, kind of at the start, I think I'm discovering that I don't like mafia movies as much mm-hmm. as I want to. Like, I want to love them. And I'm only <laughs> kind of realizing that I kind of like them. Right. I like the idea of, of them. And you stuff. like it, crime at large, yes, but this yes. might not be your specific variety of crime. And it, yeah, it is a sub genre of crime movie story ish. Uh and yeah like i i think goodfellas is more chaotic in nature definitely uh, it is based off of a true story um That's, which yes. is 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 fascinating uh man, the the scene in in there where the c- 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 cops are raiding the house and it is just pure oh. chaos is like it's I- it's in a weird way, like it to me, it was the the idea of like people just love looking at a car wreck. Like you drive by and you just okay. you, you you can't help but look at this thing. And that's kind of what Goodfellas was to me. Is that it? It is this. It's another tragic story, but one that blows up in a more qu- qu- quick and violent theft fashion. Whereas mm-hmm. God. Father, like we said, is slower. It is more operatic. It is more about the metaphor. Yeah. Of uh, like he 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 lost his heart rather than a physical death here. Um. So they're just like two sides of the same coin. If that 
Yeah. Sense. They are trying to do different things. You're right that this is more slow and methodical and Goodfellas is literally chaotic. Yes. I, I think the Godfather has, while it has more darkness in it, more violence in it, I think it also has more love in it. I could see how much this family really loved each other. Um, and Goodfellas has less love in it, but also has more of a commentary on what, where it is. Like Lorraine Bracco is there being a more active voice for herself in, in, in telling Ray Liotta, you're leaving me out of your life. You're dragging me around in these things. I don't like it. And there's a scene in that movie where she talks about how she has to hang out with all these other like mobster wives. And she's like, I don't really like it. them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not friends with them but I have to hang out with these people because our husbands do business together and I can't get out to any other community. Like this has to be my community. Now I am forced into it. I think there's really interesting conflicts in that movie. Um, It is shot. Well, like the one shots going into the restaurant are good. I like the music. I love that scene towards the end of the movie where Ray Liotta's just on a lot of coke and he's driving around trying to get all these errands done and one of them's Damn like I have a helicopter to... that he keeps right. like, <laughs> I loved that that was fantastic I, yeah I have felt like that scene so many that, times that scene really reached out to me like oh I have had days like this especially where one is, of the things he has to do is like to make yeah. that pasta sauce and he's like I have to sh- show up at my house every hour stir the pasta sauce and it's like if you just took this off your plate if you told yourself i'm using a a different pasta sauce recipe or you know what i'm not cooking dinner for my family we're going to go out to dinner instead like he could save himself so much stress and he doesn't he keeps putting more things on his plate and i'm like oh buddy i've been there it's it's that kind of paranoia that i almost wish we got to see a little bit more of within the godfather Mm. As we explored characters like, or as as I wished we had explored characters like Fredo, like that's what yeah. I want to see from these like C and D level characters in mm. the family of just like how do they deal with all of this and the paranoia of the, the go, 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 government is now investigating them. Uh, Michael is trying to keep things together, but oh man, they, they like this guy just got killed. This other like rival family is starting to maybe betray us and like all of that. Like, God, like there's fascinating stuff in all of them and they're each just depicting different aspects of that in different ways so it's mm. i mean they're they're in an interesting one two punch i feel like or, yeah. or one two three punch one two anyways uh but yeah lots of fascinating stuff uh mm. I, I i still want to watch more of mafia movies all, all that like, sure. I, like there's more out there we I'm can st- try I'm, st- I'm still interested in them but i yeah just from the ones that i've seen like but i I think I've also jumped straight to these are the 10 out of 10s, like the best yeah. ones you you can watch. Yeah. And so my my expectations going in were just like, like these have to be a 10 out, out of 10. And I get there and I'm just like, eh. like I was, I, <laughs> I liked them. I just don't know <laughs> that like they're I would say yeah. that they're my favorite movies. There's stuff that mm. is absolutely fascinating. Like you can see yeah. me getting excited to be like, I love yes. that one scene, like all the, the, that, that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I think at the at the end of the day, it was, it's 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 just like I'd prefer something else. Hmm. So I want to ask you another question. Go for it. I was thinking about how these are classic dad movies, and I'm wondering but what do you think dad, the classic cat. what do you think the classic dad movies are going to be for our generation? Like, if you had kids, mm. what would they roll their eyes at you always watching? Uh, it's going to be some of the Marvel movies, for sure. <laughs> but um, do you think those aren't going to persist? Like, these are dad movies in that it's like, this is from a oh, previous it, generation. I don't super get this. It's 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 still going to be like Captain America Winter's Soldier. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, right. And you, the kids are like, keep watching this one dad right they're like sam wilson is captain america dad what are you doing watching steve rogers right we only Um, know sam movies that define a generation i to be honest even something like everything everywhere all at once oh i could see being an interesting like it it is a generation defining like this is how we think this is how we feel this is the the issues that we're we're facing the the kind of comedy the the the, the, the just like all of the, that, that like, stuff i <laughs> i feel like is will stick with me and will will strike a chord in me but future generations down the road might not understand it exactly mhm even if they do get that, it's like, OK, it's about like connecting with family members and with your kids and not necessarily understanding them or falling in love and out of love and still mm. being together despite it all and all sorts of stuff. Does that does that make sense? Is that, is that answer your question? Kinda. Is that how you were? I. I. So I was thinking. I think one of the reasons why these movies played better on me is that earlier this year we saw The Batman, a three-hour mm-hmm. crime film. And I think that helped prime me for this. And so mm-hmm. I've been thinking, is that the millennial godfather? Are like kids born five years from now going to grow up rolling their eyes? God, Dad's watching The Batman again. It's so boring. Why is it three <laughs> hours long? I don't get this. And it's like... I don't know. Not that Batman isn't going to persist in some way, but I think this Batman, this grungy Batman might be so attached to like people in our age range that younger kids are like not going to, they're going to grow up and like, they'll feel like they have to watch it for homework to connect with their father, but they wouldn't watch it on their own time. That's kind of what I'm getting at with every, everything everywhere all at once is that like, even in the Batman, the sound track is pulling from nirvana yeah. right which is like completely our ge- 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 generation if not slightly before mm. uh and and it j- just the, the way he is this like dark moody emo millennial <laughs> right that is doing like that connects with us where like i i think everything uh, the the i you know the movie. Right, and this is such a dad so thing also uh, to love the movie but not know what it's called. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm ter- terrible with names, but that name is so long and confusing and specific. Um, mm. But just the fact that it is about a generation like ours that has trouble connecting with their parents and there mm. is this generational divide, which is something that happens every generation or so, right? But like 
the way it's portrayed within the 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 comedy within the everythingness mm. uh, without spoiling it but also uh, like hinting at that stuff right uh like the 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 specificness of that i i think is what speaks to our g- generation and so those themes might persist and might be able to be expressed in something for a younger generation but the way they are expressed in that film in particular i i think is like our kids or who knows what are gonna be like what like i don't get it like what what's up with this movie <laughs> I don't know. we'll see we i'm see. i'm gonna ask i i've i have a cousin who's a couple years younger than me and he's got a kid and he's gonna have another kid and when i see him at the baby shower in a couple weeks i'm gonna ask, ask him, him what do you think your dad movie's gonna be for these kids i yep. need to pull the populace indeed indeed i mean that's the thing who knows maybe our generation's dad movie hasn't been made yet right coming out in three years and then wow yeah and it's just like there it is that's it melissa question answered we will we will know when we see it (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly good stuff uh well i think that is about it for our thoughts on the godfather Mm -hmm. trilogy uh let us do a quick check-in on bingo our movie trope bingo um let's see restore some pages no i don't need to do that okay let me uh pull this up on screen real fast see if we have anything villain with a pet yes kyle you get that one as soon as that guy with the horse was introduced i'm like this is your time well that but just marlon brando sitting there with a cat He's sitting there like as the like he's yeah. stroking the, 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 the cat. That it's, is like the stereotypical like <laughs> villain with a pet. I will say he is only ambiguously a villain and that cat is only ambiguously a pet. We don't see that cat again. I don't know whose that is. Yeah. But uh, that one like crooked movie producer whose horse they kill, he absolutely qualifies you. Two things on that. I don't know how true they are because, again, I don't know what they embellished in the offer. Uh, apparently that cat was a stray and just walked on set and Marlon oh, like sure. just just absolutely took to Brando and would not leave mm. his hide. And so they, they were just like, I guess the cat's staying like it's in the movie now. Um, and then uh, again, don't know how true this is. Apparently the horse head was real. This is what I have heard. I have heard this my whole life. I remember telling yes. my dad this because I heard it on the radio or something. And he's like, that's not true. They're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, but dad, they said so in their Hollywood trivia quiz game to win a free car wash. Here's here's what happened. According to the offer, they hired okay. a an, an artist, a prop designer i'm not sure who exactly uh to make a horse head this like face this fake horse head didn't work out they were like this looks so fake like this is not gonna be believable Mm. at all uh and then i mentioned that like there is this 
like the the real mafia was kind of getting involved with this of like, hey, you better not portray us in a negative light. Mm. And technically we don't exist. So, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I think one of the like a like a mafia member ended up being hired on the crew and all this stuff. Um, and then, yeah, they they like last minute they were like we need you to to make us a horse head and the one like <laughs> mafia guy was like i can get you a horse head <laughs> and then just showed up with a horse head and it was real <laughs> what the, the i've heard just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like don't ask <laughs> just use <laughs> it and move on just what yeah. i've heard is that it is from a a uh a manufacturing place that was turning a horse into something into food or glue or any one of yes. those cliche things you do with a dead horse. Like the horse was not killed for this. This yes. was just yes. byproduct of another thing that was happening to the horse. From There's what not I understand, blood on the hands of Paramount pictures. From what I understand at the very least, that is what they told them. Yes. <laughs> that like, Hey, the horse was going to die. Anyway, but then again, it was just like, well, how true is that? Right. Like, mm-hmm. and it, like they kind of got this thing unsanctioned last minute anyways. So it was it was like the, the whole thing is a big mystery of, of, of just like what exactly? You, you know what? Let's not ask. Let's move on. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think that is it there that I got. Uh, I got a uh, villain with a pet there. Uh, let me open that back up again, though. Did that give me any other bingos? I, I didn't see villain with a pet. Yes, that did give me one hey! more bingo. Uh, so hoo-hoo, bingo for me. Nice. Um, but I think that is about it for our bingo check-in. So, Melissa, recommendations. What else might you recommend? I realized that I have inadvertently watched several wonderful films about Italian-American culture over the last year that I get a chance to talk about. Yeah. I recommend the movie Big Night. This stars Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub as these brothers who've come from Italy to somewhere on the East Coast, maybe Jersey, also in the 1950s, so around the time that The Godfather takes place. They've Mm -hmm. come here to uh, start a restaurant. And the restaurant is failing because Tony Shalhoub is the cook and he does everything super traditional, super high quality, the authentic Italian way. And they're getting a lot of people coming in who are like, just don't have the palate he has. They want just sort of like real basic spaghetti. Yeah. And the business is struggling. If it fails, they might have to go back to Italy. And they've got one final ploy, which is that the, the singer Louis Prima is rumored to come through town. And they're like, if he comes to our restaurant and he loves what he we do and he spreads the word, that could save us. So mm-hmm. on the day he's supposed to be in town, like playing at a nearby club, they go all out. They have this mm. massive party. They are making the finest food, the most extravagant dishes, the most wine. They're pulling out all the stops in an attempt to save the restaurant. And I I watched this movie last year, and I, I thought it, the beginning's a little slow. It took me a while to get into. But this third act, when they actually have this party, is wonderful. It's so exuberant. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's dancing. 
and it's got the best final shot I've ever seen in a movie, which mm. is just one long unbroken take where Stanley Tucci makes an omelet in real time. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was thrilling. Watch him Great do stuff. it. Good, good, good. <laughs> I also recommend Moonstruck starring Cher. Mm. This movie gave Cher an Oscar. It's just a movie about uh, love life troubles. She's like dating a guy who won't commit. He like goes back home to to Italy to like care for his ailing mother. She's supposed to, they've just got uh, like they've just gotten engaged, and she's like going to tell his brother that he's estranged from. Like, hey, I know you two haven't been together. Like, you two haven't talked in years, but we're getting married finally. We would like you to be there. And it's Nicolas Cage. And he, like, works at a bakery, and he, like, sliced off his hand in a bread slicing machine. It's a really interesting, wild Nicolas Cage performance. And it's about their romance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no, like, normal, toned-down, run-of-the-mill Nicolas Cage performance. What am I talking about? Right. (laughs) But he's not. Have you seen him with a fake hand before? But it's about like this new romance and also like her older parents who were like fighting and they maybe find new lovers in the, you know, it's about like the moon when the moon is full, it sort of plays tricks on people and it makes you act in weird ways. And maybe it acts like a Cupid's bow when you'll fall in love in ways you haven't before. Moonstruck, very charming. Also my cousin Vinny, again, an Oscar award winning performance from Marissa Tomei. So mm-hmm. fun, so solid, a really well-crafted screenplay, really stellar acting. I knew she won an Oscar, but if you told me Joe Pesci also won an Oscar for his work in this movie, I would believe that as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's it's good. They're solid, solid all of them. Go watch. That's another one of those movies I haven't watched. That should probably be on my list of shame, my cousin Jenny. It's, it's one that my parents loved. And I yeah. heard the name of it, and I think they watched it like once a year, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice tradition. Like, yeah, it, and it was just like this is one that they always heard them mention, and all, and it like it just, it was like Kyle, you should go back and watch that because your parents loved it. Um, but yeah, I've I've not seen that 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 one. Uh, of course, we've been recommending here on the show stuff like Goodfellas. Um, we talked about the offer, uh, on Paramount plus, which I highly recommend. Um, if you, if you want more of a a, a young Pacino, uh, Mm. I don't remember his name. The actor that plays Pareto, John Casal. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, they are in dog day afternoon, which was fantastic. That movie. You really like that one. Yeah. I loved it. That was um, incredible. Um, that that was great. If you want a good crime movie, uh, go check that one out. If if you want a more organized crime story that really really digs into the characters, uh, isn't mafia per se? Maybe runs up against it every now and then. Go watch Boardwalk Empire on oh on good HBO. one. Uh, that's set in Jersey City. Uh, on on the on the boardwalk, uh, but you meet uh like Al Capone. He's one of the main characters in there. You meet all sorts of bootleggers. You meet Lucky Luciano. He's one of the characters in the air. They go down to Cuba 
as well. It's a lot of the same stuff uh, that 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 happens in The Godfather also happens in this show. Betray- betrayal, love, betrayal within uh, <laughs> within a family specifically, right? Um, all of that good stuff. That's what I would recommend. Good so, ones. Go check those out. Uh, okay. There you go. That's our recommendations. So, Melissa, it's your turn for Shame Timber. Yes. I had several different things I was considering, and I love a theme. You know, I like to pitch three things in the same theme. Just thinking about them. And then when you said The Godfather, and I was given this very traditionally masculine film, the the epitome of dad movie, I thought. Mm-hmm. I got to bring it with the chick flicks. Yeah. Right. I got to bring it with the (laughs) chick flicks I've never seen. And within that, I specifically went for more dramatic things. I was trying to think of what is the Godfather for women? Uh, And I thought about Googling that, but I knew I would Google it. Top 10 rom-coms of the 90s, right? right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're not going to watch 10 things I hate about you. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. I thought about Googling the Godfather for women, but I thought I would just get a Merriam-Webster dictionary definition for the word godmother. Godmother. So I didn't do that. (laughs) Like, I don't think that'll work the way I want it to work. Pitch number one. This is the number one movie on my list of shame. I think I pitched this two years ago when we started this tradition, and I still (laughs) haven't seen it. I have not seen the entirety of the thing. It is on my list of shame because I started watching it when I was a kid, and it first came out in, like, 1997, Uh, And then I got scared by the disaster scene at the end and I made my mom turn it off and I've never finished watching Titanic. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Of course, we all know how Titanic goes. We all know that this is another one of those movies where everybody knows the trappings of the thing. Everybody knows the homages, the iconography. I want to fully watch all of Titanic, all like three hours, the godfathery in length of Titanic. And I think it's yeah. also yeah that that, that works <laughs> that might be the 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 god right mother <laughs> yeah this is the godmother of films Titanic I think it's also a uh, good timing since James Cameron will return to film later this year yep. he hasn't made anything in like thirteen years and now he's back with Avatar the Way of Water his next wettest film yep mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you want to be primed for wet wet James Cameron films it's this or the abyss. <laughs> So we can check this one off our list. Pitch number two. I do not know anything about Pride and Prejudice. Mm. So I am pitching the 2005 film adaptation of Pride and Prejudice starring Kieran Knightley. I am so unfamiliar with this that I thought Colin Firth was in this movie and I was shocked to find out he isn't. I don't know what Colin Firth movie I'm thinking of. Maybe he's in an older adaptation of this. Maybe he's in another Austin adaptation from around this time. I was completely mistaken. He isn't here. It's Matthew McFadden. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Pride. Yeah. Never seen a Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Sparks fly when spirited Elizabeth Bennett meets meets single, rich, and proud Mister Darcy. But Mister Darcy reluctantly finds himself in love with a woman beneath his class. Can each overcome their own pride? And prejudice? We could find nice. out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pitch number three. 
Uh, this is the only Godfather equivalent that actually involves crime. It is Thelma oh, okay. and Louise. Ah. Again, we all know it when we see it. We, we know the two ladies holding hands while they drive off a cliff. I don't know what else is in this movie. I know that, and it's like one of the first on-screen appearances of my fellow Missourian Brad Pitt. Don't know what else is in here. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I just know... Uh, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon are two best friends who set out on an adventure, but it soon turns around to a terrifying escape from being hunted by the police as they escape for crimes they've committed. They mm-hmm. kill somebody and they're on the run. Good old gals being pals. Um, as much as I, you know me, as much as I like crime, not going to pick Thelma and Louise. Hmm. Man, I. <sighs> hmm, this is a tough one between <laughs> Titanic or Pride and Prejudice. Ooh, how, <laughs> how long is Pride and Prejudice? Because that one's a oh, pretty long one too, right? I don't. I don't know if it's incredibly long. It's not Godfatherian in in length. Maybe not. Let me see. The 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Let me find it. Um, you can watch it on Peacock. And it is uh, how many long? Two hours and seven minutes. Okay, uh, as, as opposed bad. to Titanic, like which three is hours-ish. 314 coming in at a, a pie. It is pie in length. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, God, this is a really difficult one for reasons you, you, you don't know. All right. So Titanic is on my list of shame. Never saw it. Period. Mm. Mm. Um, Pride and Prejudice, also haven't seen. Not on my list of shame, though. I don't feel like right. I Again, necessarily this is this, like, need to watch this one. This is this, the old-fashioned gender stereotypes, genders, the spectrum, yes. watch whatever movies you want. But, like, I understand why it is not on your list of shame that you yes. have not seen Pride and Prejudice. I get it. However, if I choose that one, it would open us up to watching Pride and Prejudice prejudice and zombies down the road which is is, is like an it like I, I know you're not a big zombie fan but it is one of those things of like well hey now that we've seen pride and prejudice like no why don't we Kyle, check out this weird spoof of, of no in the, the future we are going to do both of those in one week if you pitch me okay. pride and prejudice and zombies okay. we are doing all of them we okay. were doing both okay. of those the same week like when we watched both suspirias <laughs> I am down for that. Let's go with Titanic. <laughs> Good. That Thank you for great. allowing me to finally cross this off my list. I this is a movie that has been at the top of my list for years, and I have kind of wanted to save for this show. Man, we had we had that double set VHS oh, yeah. when we were younger. Man, I like it was, it was that sitting right next to Ben Hur. <laughs> Oh, I have thought about doing a series of pitches that are movies that were on two VHS tapes. Honestly, great theme. Great theme. <laughs> it's like Ben-Hur, Ten Commandments, the Titanic, right? There's all Casino. Those <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can get back to Robert De Niro. He will return to us. Oh, good stuff. All right. So next week, Titanic. Right. I think I think this is the correct choice. No disrespect yeah. to Miss Jane Austen and her fine works, but this is what we follow up The Godfather with. I think this is appropriate. I think this is a good pick as well. Uh, well, there you go. 
that's that's it for for this week here on the show. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, show where my brother Jams and I talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. We just put out an episode on The Jetsons to celebrate the canonical birth of George Jetson this year. I think we missed his actual birthday, but we're close enough. Exactly, exactly. Uh, That's fun. I'm glad you guys got to do that that one. Um, You guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you guys would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. You guys know the deal with all of that stuff. Uh, Go check out one of our other videos over that way. This has been episode 221 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.